Topher Hansen and you are listening to Ghost Show. On tonight's episode, we have the ghost of a nun, monsters of the mind, what happens when you work the night shift, some Hollywood horror, a little girl ghost, and disembodied voices in good old Tennessee. Happy Halloween. Welcome to Ghost Show. I'm Topher Hansen, and if you want to hear your story read on the show, all you got to do, email me at ghostshowpod at gmail.com. Your story doesn't have to be about ghosts. It could be monsters or Sasquatch or, or UFOs, whatever. But if you want to hear it on the show, if it's paranormal, creepy, and spooky, then email ghostshowpod at gmail.com. Now, let's not waste any more time. This first story comes to us from Para L. I know ghost stories. Paranormal or talking about ghosts can make anyone seem crazy. But not everything is as it seems. And sometimes can't be explained in the normal sense. This is based on true events. Halloween, October 2019, Wheeling, West Virginia. I've always had a feeling that the paranormal field is real, or just odd occurrences happening that can't be explained by the natural sense or order of things. I've been feeling off for the past few days now from lack of sleep. Luckily, the weather and the humidity has been cooling off to be able to stand being outside. Today was one of those days I wasn't sure if I should go into work. It was rainy and I work outside all the time and I was sure that the bosses would have told me to go home anyway. But I stayed for maybe a couple hours. Near my work office is a last moments nursing home type place. I believe except it is only for those who maybe have the last couple weeks left to live. And there's also a convent that helps out up there. If you're into the paranormal and or believe in the afterlife, well maybe they link somehow. Plus, with the Last Moment Center, it's hard to tell how many people have passed and how many spirits still linger around. This is a side story from what I've been told and may not be 100% true. Around the 1970s or 1980s, there was a young adult nun at the convent that was contemplating being a nun. She was talking amongst her peers for which they told her to go take a walk outside and sit on one of the benches and give it a good contemplation about it and come back later to talk if she wishes to stay or wishes to leave the convent or go back to regular life, um, that's her decision. Turns out she never returned because she'd been murdered that day. Some say her soul or spirit still lingers around. So it's Halloween. I got up around 3, 3.30 a.m., got ready and left for work. It usually takes me around 30 minutes to get to work from where I live. It seems unusual because the amount of police officers out and it's about a full moon and from what I've been told, when a full moon is out, it tends to bring the crazies out more than usual or just odd occurrences happen more. I turned on the last main road that goes to my office and it's probably around 4.30 a.m. I was taking it slow because of the bumps in my car at the time was kind of super shaky and doesn't take bumps and potholes well. 
around one of the bins, I noticed a figure in white, kind of older looking, like a hospital gown, came to the knees. It had long, thick, black, shimmery and wiry-like hair. The face, the arms, and the legs seemed like it had a dark, transparent look to them. You could barely see the eyes and the mouth. I noticed it smiled. It almost looked like the girl from the Ring movie, which is why I named the ghost the Ringer Girl, because of the similarities between the ghost and this evil girl in the movie. I had a feeling like I should ask to see if they needed a ride back up the hill. I had a feeling like I should have stopped, but when I slowed down enough to see just right, I got this malevolent feeling and I sped up to get out of there to get to my office. It kind of smiled at me for some odd reason. I just knew from then to get out of there as quick as I could. It was standing in the other lane I was driving on. The road has a very steep hillside while the other side has a creek going on and some guardrails in sections. By the time I got to the office and inside, I asked the guys I work with about it and they said they had no idea what I was talking about. Time passed, I felt a little shook. I had an uneasy feeling for the rest of the day and the next day. I felt a distraught feeling when I drove by it. I haven't seen the figure since, although I had a feeling it was watching me and may show up again. A few days later, I haven't heard or seen anything within a few days, but felt mostly normal. Maybe a little bit uneasy, like someone was around, but I couldn't spot them. I did look up a few times. My job of the day had me looking down most of the time, fixing things, driving around. And the one time I looked up, I saw the figure in the tree line, and then it disappeared. I literally stopped and stared until it disappeared. It was along the property line of the work and the neighbors mentioned before, which I felt uneasy again, then I ignored the spirit. Time passed, I ignored it, and it stopped bugging me. Winter 2019 and January 2020. It's winter time now, working a different section of work. We usually do different things in the winter. One of the guys I haven't talked to in a while, well, we decided to talk for a bit. He asked about the property line, if I felt weird about that section or if the energy was different from other sections. Of course I said yes. Then we talked about the paranormal and what the businesses and the neighbors did. I didn't fully know because I never went back up to check it out or visited other than the rumors I hear or someone talking about it. A ghost nun. Yeah, no thanks. Um, I almost crashed my car because there was a uh, spider crawling on my leg. And the day, uh, a few days before that, there was a, another spider in my car. I don't know what's going on with all these spiders in my car, but uh, I would uh, I would have uh, reacted uh, much more uh, poorly if, if it were the ghost of a nun. Now I'm assuming that a, a nun ghost is probably good because, you know, she's a nun. But still, not something you want to see on your daily commute. Um, I do have some experience 
with our next story though. This one comes to us from Alabaster Radio and it's all about sleep paralysis. So I have bad migraine issues. I've had them for about a decade now. I vomit, pass out, go half blind, even have weird little fever dream-like things. I'm told that this isn't abnormal. About six months ago, I experienced sleep paralysis for the first time and saw that strange, tall, pale figure so many people see. Since then, I've started hallucinating it when my migraines hit. I just accepted it as a hallucination brought on from the abject terror you fear during sleep paralysis being brought out by my migraines until a couple weeks ago. You see, I was laid up with a bad migraine and I had walked past the stupid thing on my way upstairs to my apartment. It was facing away from me. His long, spindly hands pressed against the glass of the window on the landing. To be honest, I didn't think much of it until my wife got home and asked me if I was playing a joke on her. Annoyed and in pain, I snapped at her a little, and she dragged me to the landing to point out two large, spindly handprints on the window. I have not met Spindly Hand Man during any of my sleep paralysis encounters, so Mr. Alabaster Radio, you can you can keep Spindly Hand Man all to yourself. I do not need to meet him. And if you've ever had sleep paralysis, this is the scariest shit that you will ever go through while in bed in dreamland. You wake up, you can't move, and you feel like there's a fucking spindly hand man in your room, or the devil, or some, something, I don't know. It's, it's the scariest thing you'll ever go through in your life. It's basically the opposite of sleepwalking. So your body paralyzes itself during sleep so that you don't get up and sleepwalk. But you also wake up during this paralyzed state and you can't move and Sometimes it takes, I don't know, it feels like forever to get out of it. You can, uh, for me, I can just breathe and I can just move my eyes and that is it. And this even happened to me on a commuter train. And, you know, it is uh, pretty embarrassing waking up on the train. You're at your destination. The conductor is there and he's like, uh, you gotta get off the train now. And all I can do is just stare at him and go, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> he, he, he must have thought I was just as creepy as this spindly hand man. Gosh, well, I, I never want to meet that guy. So uh, you should probably um, uh, to put some salt around all of your windows so this spindly hand man does not come back. All right, let's get on to our next story. This one comes to us from Sand Dargon, and it's all about working the night shift. I work a job that has access to security cameras. I'm not a security guard or anything, but we use them to check on equipment and see other rooms and the hallway. 
It's a 24-7 operation, but most of the time it's just one person on shift. All in all, I have a decent sized screen displaying about 20 different camera views of various areas tucked off to the side of my desk. Also, all the lights in these various places are set up to be motion activated, meaning the camera views are generally dark and easy to tell if everything is fine at a glance. So I was sitting there with my feet kicked up watching Netflix, and I happened to notice one of the camera views is lit up. I don't think much of it at first, then I catch movement on the screen out of the corner of my eye. I spin my chair to check it out and I see our head IT guy sitting in a chair in our server room. Not a big deal, right? Except it's just after midnight on a Saturday and no one has opened the door to that room for at least six hours because that was when I had come on shift. I know for sure no one has gone in there because the door to that room was just about 15 feet away from me. I know something is weird, but nothing is really wrong yet. I mean, why is he here? Sure, but can he be here? And can he just walk in? Maybe I just missed him come in or something, who knows? I lean my chair back to look at the door and there is a light coming from under the door, so something is definitely moving in there. I assume I'll just catch him when he comes out to figure out what is what and go back to my Netflix. A little while later, I notice the light on the camera view is out. But now I'm paying attention and I'm 100% certain that the door has not been opened. Now I get the sense something is wrong. Not thinking we have a ghost or whatever, but maybe the IT guy fell asleep in the server room and then the light turned off? But why is he sleeping in the server room? I push back my chair and I stand up. As I do, I catch a binder off my desk and it crashes to the floor. The server room view lights up again immediately like someone just jumped in there and I see our IT guy standing at the desk now, staring at the door, and he is not right. He's standing almost still, but just moving his hands in front of him, almost like he's wringing them or popping his fingers over and over again and just staring at the door. I'm still the only one here and this bullshit is not making me happy and I have no idea what's going on. So I go to figure out what the hell is going on. I check my knife, I hold it at my side, and I'm about to open the server room door and I notice the light is gone from underneath it again. And these lights are on a timer and I just saw movement in there on the camera. So there's no way it turned off again so quickly. Well, like most things in my life, I just said fuck it and swung the door wide open. And I step back and I can see in. Light pours over my shoulder into the room, illuminating nothing unusual. The servers are whining like normal, the fans are spinning, and everything is still. No IT guy, no nothing. I step in cautiously, but I'm not actually supposed to go in there while I'm on shift, so I just kind of take a quick look around while holding the door open for a light, and then back out and close the door. As soon as I close the door, I let out the breath I realized I'd been holding and walk back to my area. I was on edge the rest of the night, but nothing else happened. It was only after I got home later that I remembered something. The motion sensor lights had not come on when I opened that door like normal. And I know I'd seen them shining earlier that night, which meant that someone had manually turned them off at the switch by the door. Was there something in my server room that night? I have no idea. I know it was not the IT guy though.
Do you still work this job? Has anything else happened? What is going on in this place? The world needs to know. Send us more stories. I would love to hear more about this place. That sounds creepy as hell, and I'm glad you're working there and not me. Uh, I wonder if there's anything else caught on security camera footage. Um, that's that's some interesting stuff. If you if you see any more security camera stuff, uh, if it's not illegal to do so, then you know record it, share it with us, and all that. Um, you can email it to goshowpod at gmail.com, and you too can email your story or creepy photos from security cameras to goshowpod at gmail.com. All right, this next story is another one that I, I can relate to. A little bit of a Hollywood horror here for you from Det Sipowix. About 10 years ago, I worked G&E on a reality TV show. The show was shot on a pretty famous property outside of LA called Hummingbird Ranch. It's been in a million different TV shows, movies, etc. There's a main mansion part, and then behind it, down a hill is a smallish guest house. One of the jobs of the G&E crew in the weeks before the shoot was to wire up the property for lights and juice, and also black out every single window on the property with black cloth, of which there were hundreds. I was down with another guy blacking out the guest house windows. Towards the end of the day, he peeled off to do something else, and I was left there alone. I was almost done, and to be honest, I was taking a dump in there. <laughs> it was, uh close to sundown and I remember sitting there and watching the sunlight fading from the room moving across the floor and I experienced a sudden feeling of dread like I had never experienced before. I wrapped up and got out of there as soon as possible. It was the strangest thing. The next day we were all eating lunch and during a lull in the conversation I said has anyone else spent time alone in the guest house down there? Am I nuts or is there something really creepy in there? My boss, the gaffer, just got this huge grin on his face. I, I said, what? He said, I was waiting to see who the first person would be to experience anything weird in that house. Apparently, my boss had talked to the property manager at the scout before anyone had even got there or started work. The manager told him the guest house had a reputation for being haunted. There's some story going back over a hundred years that a family that lived there was murdered, allegedly by Pancho Villa's raiders or something along those lines. They didn't want to tell anyone on the caster crew because they didn't want anyone to be freaked out or cause any trouble. Ever since that day, I hated being in that house. We were told to keep it quiet. I wasn't the only one who felt that we had nothing but problems in there. I mean, it was a dating show, and the girlfriends were housed down there while the boyfriends were kept in the big main house. Walkie-talkies wouldn't work in there, cameras wouldn't work in there, audio equipment had constant interference and problems. Anytime you went into the main control room, which had a giant board of little TVs with live camera feeds of the whole property, there would always be four or five screens that were totally black. No image. Those were the ones in the guest house. A lot of the cast and cast handlers complained too. The cast handlers, all female, had to stay overnight down there with everyone. 
and some of them refused to stay there anymore overnight after about a week or so, citing a general unease or discomfort of being in there. Sometimes the cast girls would be hanging out on set or chit-chatting and I'd hear them talking about how they couldn't sleep and or felt uncomfortable in that house and didn't like it in there. I, I think it was the only legit, virtually undeniably haunted place I've ever been or experienced. <laughs> I, I made sure if I had anything to do in there over the three seasons we shot that it was taken care of during the day. Which still didn't help much once the windows were blacked out. That story was read by my partner in film crime, Chris Goodwin. Not that we commit crimes, uh, but we make films. And we shot a movie, Carolina Shag, look for it whenever it comes out. It's in post-production now. Uh, it was in this place called the Witch House, and it, they had this big barn. They built the set in there, and very similar, it seems. It's this, I don't know, a couple hundred years old or something. Whenever witches were around, you know, and this is New England. Um, and it was, uh, it was a pretty spooky place to be in there by yourself at night. And of course, that's where you go in the middle of the night to retreat to poop, because you don't want to be around everybody else who's housed in, in the witch house. And there was a room, I was like, hey, I want to stay in the haunted room. And then they were like, no. So I didn't, I think it was mostly because they keep, you know, uh, sensitive documents and shit up there or whatever. Or it could have been a warning from the ghost. We will never know. Anyway, our next story comes to us from 10 Crows about a little girl ghost. So I haven't had many intense paranormal experiences unlike other people. However, when I moved to another apartment when I was a kid is when I actually did start to experience small paranormal things in intervals. The apartment in question has been there for years since the Victorian era. Most of the buildings are in my area. My grandpa told me that there was a fire in this specific apartment. Anyway, the first thing that happened was my mom and my grandma seeing a little girl in the house. My grandma first saw her when she was over at our apartment while my mom was at the hospital overnight. She swore she saw a little girl run from downstairs into the kitchen. At first she thought it was me, but I was overnight at her house. My friend, who used to live in the same apartment complex, also swore that she saw a little girl as well. Cabinets would open randomly when no one had been in the kitchen beforehand. One night, I walked into the kitchen to see all the cabinets opened, which become a pretty common thing. I remember muttering something along the lines of this again. When I went to get a glass of water, I swear, I saw one of the bowls on the top shelf of the cabinet slowly move off and onto the ground. So, yeah, ghost threw a bowl at me. There were other small incidents of things moving and seeing things out of the corner of your eye. 
but I won't bore you with those. We moved out of that apartment about a year ago due to the old one flooding. The hauntings never really bothered me, but I'm not entirely sure that this apartment doesn't also have some house guests as well. Oh, yep, Victorian houses always filled with ghosts. And they're always little girl ghosts. Chances are, if you have a Victorian house, it is haunted by a little girl ghost. The little girl ghost has a monopoly on all of these Victorian houses. Probably most hauntings in general. So a woman in white or or a little girl ghost. You don't see a, a big old fat man in a chef's hat cooking up some, some rustic potatoes when you don't see a clown with a rainbow wig riding his unicycle, ectoplasming all over your walls in your house. It's always a little girl, girl in white, something of that nature. Now, that being said, Keep it in mind for our last story of the night. We are going downtown for some terror in Tennessee. I went to live with my dad in Tennessee for about six months. I was 20 at the time. My dad lived out in the country, but we had few neighbors about 50 yards away from the house. It was a little after midnight and I wanted to smoke a cigarette before bed. We lived on a mountain and the back porch was on a hill. So there's about three feet of space between the ground and the deck. At the time it was snowing. I stepped out on the back porch and this is when things got weird. I do not like going outside at night at all. So I had the sliding glass door cracked open just in case. I feel like someone's watching me, kind of how people feel in a horror movie. I'm really panicky and I'm not sure why. So I just lit my cigarette and I took like two puffs and I hear a sing-song voice, Megan, from underneath the porch. I drop my cigarette on the icy porch and I run inside. I wake up my brother and I ask him to come outside with me for two minutes. He angrily agreed and was mad at me because he had to be up at 6 a.m. for school. We go outside and I'm explaining to him what just happened and he's creeped out naturally. We've both experienced things our entire life. So he believed me, but he was mad I woke him up. He said, hurry the fuck up. So we're standing out there and I'm explaining what just happened and how it came from under the porch. I'm almost finished with my cigarette this time when we both hear, hey, in the same sing-song voice, but this time we heard laughing and it sounded straight up evil. I looked at my brother and his eyes are super wide. I throw my cigarette into the yard and try to run inside the sliding glass door. And my brother pushes me out of the way to get inside first and we both slide on the ice trying to run. We slam the door and lock it and close the blinds. And I said, I told you I heard something say my name. My brother said, please do not smoke outside at night anymore. Years later, I was watching a documentary about the Bell Witch which happened to be in Robertson County where my dad lived. They say it's cursed land or whatever, but who knows? All I know is that I experienced something truly unexplainable and my brother experienced it with me. I never heard the voice again, 
but I still remember exactly what it sounded like in the laughter. At the house, in the country, we would hear walking down the wooden floors, tapping on our windows at night, and crunching leaves like someone was walking outside our window. My dad's not a believer, but one night, he was checking my brother's car because it got stuck in the mud at the end of the driveway. My dad comes in and he said he heard growling and he looked really flushed. I asked him what was wrong and he told me. I said, maybe it was a dog or a fox. My dad said it was not an animal. My dad wouldn't tell me what he meant, but apparently it must have been pretty frightening. He doesn't scare easily. I've since moved away, but my brother said sometimes he's home alone at my dad's and he'll hear my voice calling him to come here from the back room. I live two states away. Holy macaroni. Was that one scary? That story came to us from M. Melancholic. My God, this entity is able to speak to you. It's able to growl at your dad. And I think the creepiest part of all, it's able to mimic your voice. My God, I, uh, I'm, I'm okay. Maybe this, hey, how do I know I'm even talking right now? This could be an entity recording the podcast on my behalf it's not it's me but you know if there are any entities that would like to do some voiceover work you know reach out to me how about this if you're an entity and you are in the ether of the the electromagnetosphere inside of the podcasting apps and all of the cell phones and the and the 5G towers and all this nonsense. If you're an entity and you have the ability to communicate with the living, send me an email at ghostshowpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your ghost story from the perspective of a ghost. Well, that's gonna do it for the inaugural episode of Ghost Show. I gotta thank our lovely actors, Kamara Cole and Chris Goodwin, for their their spine-tingling performances of these spooky stories. And of course, thank you guys who submitted your scary stories and your, your true paranormal encounters. Remember, if you have a true paranormal story that you cannot explain and you want it read on the show, all you gotta do, email me at ghostshowpod at gmail.com and we will read it on the show. And with that being said, our show comes to a closing and once again, happy Halloween. <laughs>